Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We are presented with support of Weatherhead Executive Education at Case Western Reserve University. Over this last year, both John Carroll University and Case Western Reserve University have named new presidents. Cuyahoga Community College, Tri-C, will join that number now that we have the announcement that Dr. Alex Johnson will be stepping down next summer after serving as the president of Tri-C since 2013. Dr. Johnson joins us to talk about his tenure, as well as some of the challenges and opportunities that have been happening at Tri-C as the school continues to negotiate teaching students during the pandemic. Dr. Johnson, thanks for being with us today. Oh, you got it. Thank you so very much for having me. Really appreciate the time to talk about Tri-C and its connection to the greater community of Cleveland. First of all, congratulations on your retirement. Are you excited? Uh, uh, excited, uh, but also, you know, anytime you announce your retirement after so many years connected to um, higher education, it's always bittersweet. So my hope is that I can continue to do some of the important work in support of Greater Cleveland uh, in a different way, uh, but certainly looking forward to do that uh, in retirement. You served as the president of Tri-C Metro Campus from 1993 to 2003 before you moved on to other institutions. When you received the job offer, what made you decide you really wanted to return to come back and now be the president of the full college? Well, a lot of things went into my decision, but I want to first of all say that uh, I was having um, a great time uh, down in Pittsburgh leading a wonderful institution committed to Uh, educational excellence. And we did a a lot during my short tenure there, five years. Uh, But when um, I was asked whether or not I would consider the job at uh, Cuyahoga Community College as its president, uh, I had to think about it for a while. Uh, And after giving it some thought, it presented some certainly unique opportunities. Number one, I had witnessed Uh, Tri-C's growth under Dr. Thornton during the time that I was gone and recognized that a lot had happened that could continue to be built upon, particularly as it relates to engagement in the community. And so that was one thing, just to maybe uh, come back to an institution that had thrived uh, under Dr. Thornton's leadership during my absence. Uh, The other thing uh, that was important uh, is that I continued to have great friendships and associations in Cleveland, albeit uh, long distance. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to be close to those individuals that I truly care about, including my family. And that was the third consideration. Uh, we, we had one grandbaby, Ruby, uh, and another one with Rory in the midst of that transition, that thinking about that transition. And we decided that it would be nice to be closer to them as they grew up. So those are the three things really that went into the decision process. And when I explained that to my good friends in Pittsburgh, they certainly understood the personal dynamic of it. And um, I made that transition after being awarded the job. You mentioned that Dr. Thornton left Tri-C in wonderful shape, but all leaders come in with their own visions for the institution. When you began the job, what do you th- What were some of the things you thought, these are some of the things I'd like to do as president? Well, there, there were a few things. And Dr. Thornton, uh, you know, she she communicated those things to me. She said, we have come a long way in my 21 years, but there's a lot to be uh, to be done still. And it's always nice when your predecessor uh, is open and honest with you about the things that kind of felt short during her tenure. Uh, so she intimated that, hey, we really need to focus in a laser, continue to focus in a laser-like fashion on uh, student outcomes, particularly around graduation rates, which relates to 
how quickly students complete their degrees, and then, of course, graduation numbers. Uh, and we put a lot of emphasis on what we can call our access and our success agenda. The other thing that we did was look to determine what else we needed to accomplish with respect to facilities development, uh, most notably around workforce. So we set out thinking about uh, a bond referendum, for lack of a better term, a construction bond that we ultimately passed in 2017. And then the third piece, of course, uh, was greater engagement in the community. And we're doing that in a substantial way through our access centers and our job hubs. And we've got a lot of businesses involved in those endeavors as well, which was another goal or objective uh, that we had set out. Uh, so I think, in effect, we pretty much set forth much of what it is I felt we should do to build upon a very, very rich foundation. And of course, my successor will have an opportunity to build upon, uh, upon that as well. Let's talk about some things in specific. One of the things that happened in your tenure was a reorganization of the nursing school. What led to that? Well, we uh, had always been a great institution uh, with the nursing program that was established essentially uh, with the on, with the founding of uh, Cuyahoga Community College back in 1963. But we knew a couple of things were necessary. Number one, we needed to increase the educational attainment of those individuals that served as preceptors. Those are the folk that work with our students in the clinical settings. And we, we needed to conform to a standard of the accrediting agency in that regard. The other thing that we needed to do was increase our output of nursing graduates, given the tremendous, tremendous need in the larger community and the, in the healthcare uh, community for nursing professionals. So we uh, we expanded our programs at the Eastern Campus, and we're about to open up a new center at our Western Campus. The other thing that we wanted to do in, in concert was that was increase the number of individuals from diverse backgrounds and men who were nurse who were graduating from our nursing program, and we uh, secured a lot of support from the federal government to do that. And I, we're working through it. We've got some work to do, but we're working through that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the last piece uh, was with the movement to uh, individuals with baccalaureate program, uh, baccalaureate degrees uh, in magnet hospitals. We knew we needed to partner with more four-year institutions in order to ensure that students who began with us and who wanted the baccalaureate degree could do that very affordably. So we're doing that in concert with Cleveland State University. That's our most a significant partner, but but also with Ohio University as well. And so as a result of that, the nursing program has become one of our centers of excellence. And we have uh, six of those, uh, the one in nursing, one in creative arts. Our public safety center of excellence has been expanded significantly on the Western campus. Our hospitality management center of excellence, our information technology center of excellence, and our manufacturing Technology Center of Excellence. So nursing is one of our premier centers of excellence as a result of the strides that it has been able to make with great pass rates, by the way, very competitive pass rates. You mentioned the centers of excellence and you mentioned creative arts. Is it common for community colleges to have that kind of commitment that Tri-C has to the creative arts? No, not at all. In fact, uh, we pride ourselves on having perhaps one of the most unique 
opportunities for students to develop their skills in almost every aspect of the performing arts. And in fact, what we hope to do is to leverage the center's programs and notoriety to attract students from across the nation. And they would begin with us and earn their two-year degrees and then transfer on to Juilliard, for example, uh, and and Berkeley. And we have a really great uh, relationship with them and other well-known uh, music conservatories. So we, we like to uh, call ourselves the uh, two-year Juilliard, quite honestly, uh, because of our, our desire to do that. Uh, we do a great job uh, with reaching out and incorporating uh, individuals from the uh, students from the Cleveland Metropolitan School District and our various academies, along with individuals from our inner ring suburbs. And for us, uh, this is the logical next step to do something more monumental. For many of us, when we think of Tri-C, we think of Tri-C Jazz Fest. I've been attending since the early 1980s. I've had a chance to participate in interviewing many of the artists who've come and doing panel discussions. How important a role does Jazz Fest play in getting the Tri-C name out in front of the public? In fact, we just had that discussion in debriefing from this year's Jazz Fest uh, was um, uh, less extensive than the ones we've had in the past because of the pandemic. So we had our entire Jazz Fest at, at Kane Park on September 10th and 11th. Normally, it's the last weekend in June, a big, big production in Playhouse Square featuring well-known artists, outdoor events, food trucks venues for children, uh, staging for some of our uh, cultural arts students, uh, particularly those that play instruments and sing. And so this has always been something uh, very important to try see. And so when you think about the Jazz Fest, it stands out as one of the unique um, opportunities to showcase the institution along with our annual presidential scholarship luncheon I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it's been going on now for 30 some odd years. Uh, We've raised more than $30 million for scholarships uh, through that effort. And it features uh, very well-known individuals, including, for example, presidents. We've had several presidents. Uh, This past year, we had Theresa May as our keynote speaker. I had a a chance to interview George Bush uh, Jr. and Gosh, Bill Clinton were the two presidents that I interviewed. And it's these two events really are attractive and promote Tri-C in ways that have impact on a national level. So those two events in particular. Dr. Alex Johnson joins us. He's the president of Cuyahoga Community College. He'll be stepping down next summer. He's been there for almost a decade. He joins us today for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We are presented with the support of Weatherhead Executive Education at Case Western Reserve University. I'm Dan Paletta. Doctor, I know that a university is there to serve students academically, but I found it wonderful to hear about a gift that the university received in June to open something called the pantry that helps students that might need some extra help. Well, you know, um, you bring up a, a very important, for lack of a better term, uh, opportunity that community colleges in particular need to embrace, and that is uh, providing important personal services and support Uh, to students as they pursue their education. A lot of the students that community colleges serve don't have the wherewithal to put all of their personal responsibilities and needs on hold in order to, uh, you know, attain an education. So uh, we uh, 
know we are responsible for helping students deal with food insecurities, for example. Uh, we need to provide assistance for emergency needs, and we have funding for that. Uh, we have helped students with some of their housing needs as well, and I want to talk about a special project that we're involved in now that would do that on a more monumental scale. Uh, but what we have done is uh, built food pantries at each one of our campuses, and I will tell you that each one has been funded by through a private source. Uh, Sharon Chuck Fowler Foundation at our Metropolitan Campus, Medical Mutual at our Western Campus, and Lou and Ann Frangos at our West Shore Campus. And I um, I can't divulge the um, uh, the donor at our uh, Eastern Campus, but we have someone who is supporting that endeavor as well. Uh, these food pantries directly with the Cleveland Food Bank to bring food and and produce. Uh, to our campuses, uh, to stock them, uh, and to make them available uh, for students who need it. Uh, and these pantries are all brand new, created from the, the donations of uh, individuals committed uh, to these students in our, in our community. The other thing that we do is provide support for emergencies like child care, for example, you know, automobile repair, uh, we do prepare, uh, provide all of our students with an, uh, with an RTA card so that they can travel back and forth on public transportation. The other thing that we're doing, and I alluded to it earlier, is that we're working uh, with several organizations to uh, develop some housing for students uh, right across the street from our metropolitan campus. Those partners include the Cleveland Housing Partners, uh, the United Way of Greater Cleveland, Cleveland State University, and the Cleveland Metropolitan Housing Authority and step forward, and it's called Scholar Housing. And this Scholar Housing is funded through low-income housing tax credits and that are expected to generate about $9 million. And then the various entities involved will, uh, will donate or raise the other $3 million required for, uh, for this effort. It's to provide stable housing, rental support, high-quality child care, uh, academic support, resident services, including mental health counseling, financial literacy, and access to benefits. So what we're talking about is turnkey approach to education, where we not only are committed to taking care of the educational needs of individuals, but also their personal needs as well. And these are, this housing, this scholar housing is designed primarily for a single parent families. Let's talk for a little bit about the uh, pandemic and the challenges that it presented to Tri-C. Obviously, not as many students enrolled, not only incoming freshmen, but many current students chose not to enroll. What were some of the ways you encouraged them to return? Well, we, we, we've done a lot of things. Our, our access agenda uh, has been our primary conduit over time uh, for getting students connected to the institution, uh, getting them enrolled, getting them oriented to the institution, getting them in classes, retaining them, and then ultimately graduating them uh, and giving them an opportunity to transfer to four-year institutions or to go into the workplace and what we call jobs that have family-sustaining wages. But we've had to ratchet up that effort, and we have done it in concert with the Cleveland Metropolitan School District, our inter-range sub suburb uh, school districts, and also Cleveland State University. It's called Project Level Up. And what Project Level Up does 
it, it's designed to uh, capture those individuals from those school districts that uh, did not start their education or who had to put their education on hold. We realized that many of them in the midst of the pandemic had to be more attentive to their personal needs than they did their education. So we're trying to make it a little bit easier for them to come back to the institution. So what we've done in some instances is to relieve them from any type of uh, debt that they might have incurred at our institution. Uh, We are providing tuition assistance. Uh, We've instituted this program called Jobs First, which combines education and the job, and we're doing that in concert with a lot of businesses. And we are making certain that individuals have what they need in order to be successful. As a result of the institution of of our Level Up program, we have uh, recovered about 1,300 of those students who ordinarily would have been at Tri-C or continued their education at Tri-C. And that's a that's an important, uh, I think, outcome. Now, we still are having across the uh, country some decline at community colleges. Initially, it was one out of every 10 student who decided not to start or continue their education. The numbers are fewer now, but nonetheless, we still need to ensure that we can get more students back. We tend to look at the pandemic from the student's perspective, which is, of course, key. Some lost educational opportunities, less chance to be in the classroom. But you voice some concern about how the pandemic presents a larger problem than just higher education. What are some of the issues that we face for both the community and business with regard to students not having that opportunity to be educated as much or, or as much as they might need? Well, let me just share something with you that I'm sure you are aware of. The pandemic has had far-reaching effects. I mean, that's an understatement. But for uh, the minority communities and individuals of color, it, had, it, it has heightened some of, this, some of the disparities that had already beset uh, our community and beyond. So, for example, uh, concerns about jobs. Uh, the vast majority of individuals in the service industry essentially lost their jobs. So there was that heightened concern. The other piece is around uh, health disparities and the COVID-19 heightened those health disparities as well. From from the standpoint that a lot of individuals from those communities are being fearful already of uh, healthcare systems decided that they aren't gonna take the vaccine. Not only they're not gonna be tested, but they're not gonna take the vaccine at all. I think the other thing that it did was uh, heighten disparities in terms of of housing uh, with respect to uh, the qual- quality and affordability. A lot of people who owned homes actually lost their homes, were unable to pay rent, uh, for example, or a mortgage uh, during a pandemic. So it, it has it had heightened those things. We believe very strongly that education and training can be a remedy, particularly if it is done in collaboration uh, with economic development entities like the Greater Cleveland Partnership, for example, and community-oriented organizations like United Way. And we are working with them on a lot of different things, uh, but most notably the Cleveland Innovation Project, designed to ensure that as the city and the region progresses economically, that the social needs of individuals, as well as the economic needs, are taken into consideration 
uh, as well. So the healthcare intermediary that we're responsible for, the manufacturing intermediary that Magnet is responsible for, the IT intermediary that is responsible to GCP and also the right board, those things are benefiting individuals who are trapped by the pandemic as well, along with the other things that I talked about. But it's going to take a concerted effort uh, for this community uh, to recover from that. We often talk on the landscape with business leaders, community leaders, about the need to have a properly trained workforce to fill the jobs here in Northeast Ohio. At Tri-C, do you meet with business leaders to see what their needs are when it comes to having a trained workforce? Well, that's that's how we develop programs. Uh, we don't develop programs in isolation. We work very, very closely with the business community uh, in order to do that. So we have really great relationships uh, with more than 300 but the prominent ones, for example, are with Swage Lock, uh, where we have an eight-week training program and individuals are able to work at their facilities in Solon and other places, earning good wages from the start. And after 90 days, they will be employed permanently by Swage Lock. We have a similar program with Lincoln Electric in welding. Once again, a great company that is committed to the betterment, particularly of youth, as it relates to education and training. Uh, We also have a great relationship with RTA through one of our jobs hubs, an earn and learn opportunity where individuals go in, uh, they learn uh, on site at the RTA facility in the Buckeye community, and then RTA puts them to work as drivers and uh, mechanics and and in a lot of different uh, ways. So we, we have programs in concert with businesses and other groups. So the pandemic has required us, quite honestly, to refocus the student journey so that the job opportunity does not come at the end, but it's associated with the, uh, with the training. We call that earn and learn. And many of these companies that we work with, and the three in particular that I alluded to, have these earn and learn opportunities for students. And we're excited about how they can serve as foundations for further growth and development. We have them with healthcare organizations as well through our healthcare intermediary, most notably Metro Health, the Cleveland Clinic, and also UH. So finally, as we close, you are getting ready to retire. You've written a couple of books. Is, is there another one in the offing or how do you think you'll spend some of your retirement time? <laughs> well, you know, I'm still grappling with uh, the idea of retirement and I do have a bucket list of things that I'd like to do personally, but professionally, what I'd like to uh, consider are opportunities to uh, continue my work, uh, particularly around organizational development and leadership development with nonprofit organizations and businesses. Uh, I, I uh, Like you said, I've, I've written a couple of books and they capitalize on my experiences as a college president for uh, almost 30 years. And the first one, Change the Lapel Pen, was published back in 2018. And the latest one, Capturing Change, How Individuals Can Create Systems of Transformation, was uh, completed this past June, I believe. The next book I'm I'm working on is a less technical one. It's more about uh, my journey. Uh, It it, uh, captures my life growing up in a segregated uh, Southern town, and how that helped me develop my skills and abilities so that I was ready for a more inclusive environment. And I'm going to be working on that and talking about that as a way to help 
individuals understand that you can overcome challenge, even if it's in the context of what we call systemic racial bias. So that's the next one I'm working on. Sounds like a good read. Dr. Alex Johnson, congratulations on your great work at Tricene. We're so glad you could join us for the landscape today. Well, thank you so very much. Dr. Alex Johnson will be stepping down as the president of Cuyahoga Community College next summer. He joined us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're presented with support of Weatherhead Executive Education at Case Western Reserve University. On behalf of our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon.